Uh, you know what? I'm just I, I, so heated because of what, what you're telling me, because I, I do not want to live in a world, <laughs> in a world where a craft dinner is the fucking substitute to a good macaroni. You're putting powder. No, no, no. Mac, macaroni, as you call it, is a substitute for KD. God. <laughs> oh my God. Go to. Go to Italy. If you ask, open some fucking no, 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 no. If you ask any Canadian, would they rather have macaroni or KD? They will tell you KD is the best. It is superior. It is the fucking national treasure, and it is the greatest dish in Canada. I'm Mason Dixon, a Habs fan stuck in Leafs country. With my co-host, Corey, a southern beauty trapped deep in the bayous of Louisiana. With over 2,500 kilometers of separation, we've still managed to come together to give you Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. While I don't know what a kilometer is, I do know Habs hockey. Don't let the 10-year age gap or distance fool you. We bleed Blue Blanc Aries, and we're known to serve up hot takes along with our unique charm. Join us every Monday and Thursday for Hockey Talk, Ref Rage, and your daily dose of Southern ignorance. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Katie is the superior macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. You put um, ketchup on your fucking macaroni, you nasty kid? Yes, I fucking do. This has been Habs Nightly. You guys have a great night. Welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast, Justin Medford, alongside Jacob Barker this week, no Noah, and this week's episode of the podcast is brought to you guys by DraftKings. The 55th big game is this weekend, 55, a game this big deserves big prizes, not just some trophy. To finish off the football season, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, number one, is giving all players a no-brainer offer. Don't even have to think about it to celebrate football's finale. DraftKings Sportsbook is doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in the big game. What? That's right. It ta- 
All it takes is for one touchdown to be scored on Sunday night, and boom, your money is doubled. Sounds like a no-brainer. As if this game wasn't big enough reason to party. With double the cash, you'll be celebrating till next season. Don't forget about DraftKings' big game prediction challenge with up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs and instant prizes for everyone who enters the contest. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in Sunday's game. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at doubling your money during Sunday night's season finale. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Colorado. Only restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash prediction dash challenge dash DFS for details. Barker, how you doing? I'm great. I'm still in awe at that DraftKings offer. That is something else. I know. <laughs> I will I will I will lie. I did not read the offer like before I just read it on air. That sounds way too good. So I can just drop like a hundred K. And then as long as Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady don't go touchdownless in the Super Bowl, I'm I'm making big money. Yeah, pretty much. Is what I mean. It's regionally restricted, of course, so I can't, but but you know, in theory, if you didn't if you didn't live, you know, here you'd be all set. Yeah, no, that's pretty lit. That's pretty sweet. I'm doing yeah. well, Justin. How are you doing? Uh doing great. I actually like just woke up like 30 minutes ago. So fantastic. Yeah, I know. It's like we're recording this at like noon, but it's okay. You know, uh, it's been good, man. Busy, lots of school, lots of work. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, I mean, you have you have a you have a new title at the Auburn Prospects. You're the the Senators writer now. Yeah, team writer for the Ottawa Senators Hockey Club. That is what we're doing now, along with still the same scouting stuff as uh, as before, but just. Uh, one guy wanted to take a bit of a step back from the uh, from his Dauber role, so they're like, "Hey Jacob, I heard you like suffering and agony on a daily basis. Would you like to take the the Ottawa Senators team writer spot?" I was like, "Absolutely. There's nothing I'd rather be doing." Yeah, I mean, there's no better person for the job than you. Uh, number one sense fan, I know. Uh, as part of you know your appearance fee on this show, we're obligated to talk about the Senators. Uh, which I know sucks for our listeners, so just probably skip away, skip ahead if that's if you don't really care about Ottawa. But I mean, big win for them last night. Yeah, I mean, like, there's nothing better than going on like a nice long losing streak and then playing the best team in the division and then just you know handling them right. I mean, that's what they get for playing Carey Price and that, you know. But yeah, it's been a disrespect. Yeah, and money money line Matt came out and had a big performance for the sends and net there uh, and then everyone everyone else i mean it's not hard when you consider the fact that like they did like dj smith did what he should have been doing all along like eric branson's in the lineup i get he had some training camp stuff barely got to play there so you give him some time but branson's in the lineup we actually have another puck moving defenseman at the back other than just not just shabbat trying to do everything and good branson and and of course eric good branson panthers noted. legend yeah uh, Florida, thanks so much for Erica Branson. He's been just so great in so so many ways. Uh, I love I love that he's able to play in every situation. Like I not necessarily do well in every situation, but he I love that we trust him to play all the time 
in various situations. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what you need. I mean, you know, he's kind of the do-it-all defenseman. Oh, but, yeah, sure. But, yeah, it's weird. Like, for some reason, Montreal, I guess they just can't beat the worst team in the league. That seems to be their issue. I mean, you look at the top two teams in the North Division and, like, they both lost to Ottawa. Like, we, we've beaten one and two. So, like, essentially what I'm hearing is, like, Ottawa's the best team in the division. I think you could probably make a case for that. Um, I don't think you'd win that argument, but... <laughs> make a pretty realistic case. <laughs> yeah, you remember that? Like, there was, like, the TSN article, like, a year ago that was, like, are the Senators catching the Leafs? And it's, like... No, <laughs> not at all. No, we're we're quite far away from the Maple Leafs still at this point, um, unfortunately. But you know, I mean, given give Timmy, I mean, Timmy's a, like one of the best players in the league at this point. You know, you can't deny it. Like for six sure, points, six points, eight games, but he's also on a three-game goal streak. Did you see that? There's only other, there's only two other players in Senators franchise history that have had a three-game goal streak in their rookie season. Do you know who they are? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Okay, rookie season with the Senators. Um, I mean, it's really tough, you know. Who I, I, I can't even okay. I'm gonna say, are they recent or are they older? No, they're both older. All right, okay. Again, I don't know many like Sens rookies. <laughs> oh, is Chris Phillips one? No, it's not Chris Phillips. <laughs> Uh, Spezza. Mm-mm. Uh, Alfredson. No, uh, I'll give you a hint. The, the two players that also had these three game goal streaks, uh, we did not have good endings with either of them. Uh, Mark Stone. No, Mike Hoffman. No, I'll just tell you it's uh, Alexander Daigle and Alexi Yashin. Well, now those were two big players for you guys. That's <laughs> so you know when when we put Timmy in that category, like you know it's just so promising and definitely doesn't give me a heart attack as to what's gonna happen next with this. No, I'm sure it's gonna work out fine this time. Yeah, I mean like Timmy, Yashin, and Daigle, like those. When I think of like the three cornerstones of the franchise, like that's yeah. exactly it right there. Yeah. To be fair, though, there were a lot of options to go with for bad endings in Ottawa. That is true. That didn't help as much as I wanted it to. <laughs> I was, there was, like, Carlson off. And like, basically, anyone who has been traded from the team recently. And, and like, there, yeah, no, there's a few, a few others mixed in there. Yeah. yeah that was great. Yeah, you're Matthew Shane's. How, how are you guys liking Anthony Duclair down there in Florida so far? Love him. Yeah? How's he I, been doing? He's been doing all right. I think it's hard to say. Like, uh, I've liked him when I play. Like, that top line has looked really good. Last night, uh, obviously, they, they lose to Nashville. Uh, and Nashville scores the two late goals. Uh, but it was nice because that, that Huberto line hasn't really been clicking as much. Like, separating Huberto and Barkov. I like that they did that to kind of spread it out a bit more. Um, and that was, like, the first time Huberto's line has really clicked. But the Duclair, uh, Verhage, and Barkov line has been really solid. But I think a lot of the attention has gone more so to Verhage than Duclair at this point. Because yeah, he's no, just looks sick. Yeah, I mean, like six points in seven games. Like, I mean, no goals, obviously. But 
still like the, you're getting the production that like when you look at his cap hit like 1.7 mil for just under a point per game even if it's early in the season like that's a it's a positive start and the fact that he's able to kind of be versatile in his role like he can play anywhere up and down the lineup for you like it's it's a nice contract it was, it was something that at, at Ottawa when he chose to represent himself and then go and demand five million dollars is like okay that's a little unrealistic but Still, when you land in land in Florida, you get the one year, one point seven, pretty low risk, high reward for for the Panthers. And yeah, I really I really like that term, and I think it's it's going to turn a it or if it continues on this path, it could turn out really well for the Panthers here this season. Yeah, like I think it's 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 such a nice fit because obviously the Panthers losing Dadnov and Hoffman, uh, you know they need to rep- they need to replace that offense somehow, and obviously Duclair has been a really like cost effective way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far, like a lot of the a lot of the new additions have been pretty good so far. I think people have been pleas- well, yeah, pleasantly surprised with a lot of them. Like Patrick Hornquist has been unreal. Yeah, no, he's had a great year to start start so far. It's an he's an interesting one too because I, I thought like okay, he's older. I don't know like how much he's got left in terms of production at this point. Like what what kind of role would fit best for him? Um, that's a good example of a guy that uh, makes sense to add as an older player instead of uh, some of the guys that were chosen to be added uh, to the Ottawa lineup in that case. Uh, you've, you've actually added some talent in that case. And, uh, yeah, I think I think he's been solid. It's a good, good term for him. Uh, I was, yeah, again, curious to see what the transition would be. But, yeah, like five goals in seven games start the year. Excellent start. Yeah, right. Like he just kind of gives the offense like a different look. Like I felt like before, like they were a bit like too much skill. Like they're not gonna, you know, they're gonna score the nice, you know, crossing pass plays, but they weren't, you know, getting those goals in tight, you know, deflections through traffic as much. So he's added that. And I mean, realistically, like the bar wasn't high because like he's replacing Mike Matheson, right? That's the trade. So as long as he didn't like make egregious mistakes that turned into goals, you know, behind Bobrovsky, then I think, you know, everyone's kind of happy. Oh, for sure. But it seems like he's still got some hockey. Keith Yandel, he's been great since almost being scratched. Oh, that was a good one too. That's a great little story there. Yeah. Doing well though. That's good. That's good. Yeah. It's really great. It's one of those stories where like, you know, it comes out and it just makes like the team look bad for absolutely no benefit. Like he ended up not being scratched, his streak's still alive. But now everyone just knows that they didn't want him in the lineup. Oh, it's so it's so dumb. But I mean, what can you what can you do, right? Yeah. Like I I read I was reading this morning. Like there was an article in the Athletic, and it was just all like Keith Yandel's former teammates just hyping him up, talking about what a great guy he is. And I was like, how are you gonna scratch this guy? Oh man, I love that. <laughs> Doing well, man. He's he's a uh... yeah. He like for for as long as he's been playing, like I've always thought he's just been like a Mister Consistency overall. Like he hasn't like again like recent struggles. Obviously, as you get older, it's gonna happen. But like yeah, that that PR stunt was definitely not great for the Panthers there, and it's something that I mean like yeah, it was just like for what because he's back in the lineup and playing all the time. So like, yeah, I don't know. Weird one. Yeah. I think, I think the plan, you know, is just to hope everyone forgets that they tried to scratch him. That That's like most PR stunts. You just hope that it blows over. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you you know, being a Sens fan, I'm sure you're very familiar with. Oh, I'm I'm very familiar with my fair share of um, PR disasters that have happened over the past few years. I wouldn't call them disasters. Just a little, little speed bumps. It did bring a lot of attention to our organization. That, that is true. It, and like the positive or negative is kind of up for debate, you know, but like a lot of attention to the organization. Speaking of the Florida and Ottawa connection here, I was wondering, uh, have you guys been, have you been keeping, keeping up with how Evgeny Dadnov has been doing in Ottawa? Um, so, yeah, because I've been watching a lot of Ottawa games at work and stuff, which is unfortunate for me, but. Uh, oh, why? They play such an enticing style of hockey. Oh, it's just fantastic. It's my favorite. Absolutely. Just a pleasure to watch. Just how the game should be played. If, if uh, this was 2004, Ottawa's got the best team in the league in terms of just like, yeah, like let's just slow the play down and play like extremely physical. And like, it doesn't matter if you can't skate. Like, yeah. it's just playing extremely physical. And then, yeah, that's it. And then when we lose by five, this fight someone at the end. Yeah. But I did watch uh, when Ottawa was playing Edmonton and Dadunov tried to run Pugliarvi mm. and just ate it. That was a good one. And then Colin White. You know, in a moment of just great, you know, association. It was like, this guy clearly earned that up. Uh, it was awesome. Boy, Arby's face after that. Oh, in the scrum. You didn't know what was happening. <laughs> no, you're so confused. Why, why am I getting jumped for dodging a hit? <laughs> Man. Yeah, Colin White's just trying to throw hands and Arby's just hugging him, trying not to get it. No, it's fantastic. But yeah, no, Dadnov has been a downright disappointing for Ottawa since coming over. After a few fantastic seasons with the Panthers here, we were really, really rooting for him to do well here. And uh, scored one nice goal against Winnipeg. Oh, yeah. Since then, has not done pretty much anything. And he's been in, like, every single situation. He's been one through, like, first line through third line, then the lineup, getting his, trying to get his opportunities, but they just ain't coming right now. And we'll... We'll see. Is it is it like he's is it more so he's snake bit or is he just not even generating chances? He like there are times when I see it's like oh he probably could have got one there, but he's also just not getting put in fantastic situations either. Like I don't know what we like thought. I don't know what DJ Smith thinks he is, but like he's he's I often see him in the defensive zone, and I'm like okay like this like that's always a D zone face off. So he's oh let's put Dadnoff's line out like it's. I don't know. It's it's weird. He's not getting put in great situations, and like mind you, though, like he's he's on the first power play unit, or like yeah. he was. I think we replaced him with Timmy, and that worked six seconds later. So I think he might be off the first power play unit now. But uh, like I look at just what he is, and like I like what I saw him produce in Florida is like not at all what we've gotten so far in Ottawa, even in terms of just like effectiveness. Like I saw him in Florida. He was he was involved. He was trying trying to get himself in the play every time and actually like produce points and now he's kind of just like settled into the shadows in Ottawa, which is weird because like we don't have a good team so like he should be a standout player or he should be trying to be a standout player but he's he's not so far yeah like you think he would thrive in a place like ottawa where it's like you know he's one of the more skilled guys on the team mm-hmm. so he can kind of have free reign and control things a bit more and dictate play Whereas in Florida, he was more so kind of a passenger on some of the lines when he's playing with, you know, guys like Barkov or Huberto. But I, yeah, I, 
I've watched him play a couple of times this year, and he hasn't really like stood out in a positive way, mm-hmm. per se. Like he's not that noticeable. I think he's still trying to be a passenger, but now the problem is he's on like a much less skilled team, so he can't actually like get anything from doing that. Like it's like he like before it's like okay he's playing with Barkov or who Barkov or Hubert or Hoffman or like guys that can actually like kind of get it going but and he can afford to just be in the right right spot at the right time and get get his points and everything but now it's like no like those don't come that often in Ottawa especially in the Scotia North you're richer than you think division uh here so they uh yeah he's not been able to produce at the same level hopefully he can pick it up I mean it's early in the season right and it's very early in his very long contract so we'll see how he does yeah, and I think yeah, I think a big part of it too is yeah, just getting used to, you know, your new team, your new environment. Uh, Ottawa is very different than Florida, obviously, mm-hmm. right? And the short training camp, you got all these new teammates. So I think it's like, I I think there is that as a factor too. Like, there's been a decent amount of you know players who are with new teams now that have taken a while to get up and running. Uh, you know, not not everyone's Tyler Toffoli who just lights up. Vancouver every night. So I mean, Tyler Toffoli was pretty uh, quiet last night. Oh, super quiet. Ottawa came with a game plan, you know. Shut him down. It's just yeah, we got to shut down that Tyler Toffoli guy, you know. Yeah, that was great. I I think Erica Branson needs a lot of credit for that one. He deserves deserves it all. Yeah, how's life been on the back end without Erica Branson here in Florida? Um. Pretty good, much better, I'd say. I mean, oh. you know, you got old man Keith Yandel. You got, you know, Aaron Eckblad, the chosen one. You know, you think, you, you think in Aaron Eckblad, this is the debate I was having actually, it's interesting. Um, do you think Aaron Eckblad's going to be able to crack that Canadian Olympic roster in 2022? I've got him right on my fringe, but I, I don't know. He's going to be able to do it. It's really. We uh, I I saw you you posted your lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna be, I think it really depends on what they want. Like, because I saw a bunch of names thrown out like for for that defense and that team that were like there's really interesting to me. Like I saw some people had Darnell Nurse on theirs, and I was like, I, I don't know about I don't I disagree, right? Even though like Darnell Nurse been great the last like five games, but small sample size. I think, boy, it's really tough. I'm going to say no, just because, like, every Canadian defenseman shoots right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like I, I got in mind, I'm like, so, like, obviously, I'm going to put Theodore and Pietrangelo as my top pair in there. It's kind of what I'd be looking for. And then, like, you got a mix, like, Shabbat and Makar, I like. Dougie Hamilton's been pretty good. Morgan Riley, for some reason, is pretty good. I'm not on the Morgan Riley hype train. I don't think he's that great. But I don't think he's that great. I think he can just make an outlet pass and everyone else is really good around him. Yeah, like I don't know. I think I think the illusion I've, I've attested to this numerous times to Lee's fans and they get very angry when I say it, but I, I think there's an illusion out there that Morgan Riley is this like god at the back end. But he's actually like he's not he's he's a good offensive defenseman, but like He's not up there in my mind in terms of defensemen that are like, like would you say like would you say Morgan Riley's a top ten defenseman? No. Not yeah. especially especially in his own end, not even close. 
Yeah, offensively, like, top ten offensive defenseman, you could maybe push him in, maybe towards the back end. But I don't know. There's a lot of other guys that I'd like that I think produce at both ends at a much higher. Yeah, like he pretty much just had like that one like monster year, and then everyone's like, "Oh, he's sick." And it's like, or and hear me out, Matthews, Marner, and Tavares are sick. Man, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I I could probably put up a few points if I was on the back end and I had to just feed it to Matthews. Like, I'd, I'd probably put up a five-point five point NHL season right there. Eventually, yeah. eventually, my breakout pass will go to him. No, I've seen you play. You're a good player. I think you could do better. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think you'd be pushing 30, 40 points. Yeah. But then, like, going back to Ekblad there, like, yeah, like, there's other guys in the back, too. Like, I saw Darnell Nurse pop up a few times. Uh, then even just, like, Bowen Byram could be up there. Up there. Um, who else do we have? It was um, oh Jared Spurgeon's been making a push lately. He's been he's been solid, but again, it comes down to what you like. And then there's also veteran guys, right? Like if they go older, like a Shea Weber. If for some reason people still think Drew Doughty's good, no, um, could, no, like, no. But he he made a real big stink about that, so I don't know. We'll see. I don't think that's how it works. I don't think you can just complain your way onto Team Canada. He met low key though. It's been working for the big centers because. Ever since Drew Doughty complained, like TSN had him on every single projected roster that they had. So I'm like, okay, so apparently, so you got to team, you got to TSN, but you didn't get to most people here because they, uh, yeah, no one's buying that. No, like you watch him play and you're like, no, absolutely not. Like there's no way that this guy is on that team. But yeah, I think Ekblad's going to be fringe. He's going to, it'll mostly just come down to their, their decisions. Like Kale McCarr's got to be on the team. Pietrangelo, Theodore, like that's who I've, I've got as like my locks. And then, I'd have Dougie Hamilton as a lock. Yeah, so then you get Hamilton as your fourth, and then you got like three spots there left, and like Shabbat, then you need some LHDs at that point. Like Shabbat and Riley probably are going to find a spot. Mar- Morgan Riley maybe again just because of like Bowen Byram could slide in there, Spurgeon slide in there. Like you got other guys, and then I could see Colton Perico too be in the mix. Mm-hmm. Like, cause that's that's the type of guy I think Team Canada would like. He's just like big, like can skate, mm-hmm. plays with a bit of bite. But I'm just curious to see if Weber is able to crack it too next year. Yeah, as a bottom pairing guy, just a, a little bit more experience in the back end. Still got a bottle of a shot. Still able to move, play D. Yeah. I'd be curious to see if that happens. Yeah, and I think the smaller, like the smaller ice, definitely favors guys like Weber. Like if they were doing Olympic size, like traditional olympic sized dice then i'd say like yeah a guy like ekblad perico or nurse guys that are like big and ranging can take up space and can move like i think i could see those guys i can make them more of a case for those guys being included oh absolutely yeah but on the smaller nhl ice like then it, it doesn't really matter you take your best guys mm. i'd be really curious to see if huberto can crack that that top forward group there. I think he can. I think he's incredibly underrated in in terms of like just his effectiveness and also the fact that like Team Canada doesn't really have a lot of guys that can play left wing. No, a lot like, of guys that are just like natural centers. Like we have so many centers like on this on this roster. Like I'm building I'm like McDavid, obviously, Crosby. I'm I'd move McKinnon to the wing, Barzell to the wing, Stamkos to the wing, but like you still have like so many, so many guys that are just up the middle, like Tavares, Shifley, Horvat. I'd move Braden Point. Like, there's a lot, a lot of ways that like 
Yeah, I, I think you got to take your left wingers in this case. And I think Huberto is very, very effective in what he does. He had a fantastic big five-point night last night. Yeah, to, like, we Noah and I talk about this all the time, how just, like, nobody seems to care about the Panthers. Like, no one knows that they're the only team that's undefeated in regulation. Like, no one cares. And, like, last night, Huberto, five points, like, fantastic. First career hat trick. And I'm on, like, NHL.com. And you literally have to scroll all the way to the bottom to see them mention that he had a hat trick. And they don't, yeah, like, it's it's ridiculous. It's crazy, man. He's well above a point per game right now in the NHL. He's he's putting up very comparable numbers to, like, all of the Maple Leaf superstars and everything, everything like that. But, like, for some reason, people just, like, forget that, he's, that he exists. And, like, people are, he, like, he got left off of a lot of the Canadian Olympic rosters. I'm like, why? He's a, he's a left winger. That can actually like a natural left winger that is also quite good at what he does. He could slot in anywhere on that in the four lines. Like imagine Huberto playing with McDavid. Like they won't, but imagine like that'd be well, it's un- like like Huberto's production is basically mirrors Mitch Marner's mm-hmm. worst quality of teammate. Yeah. So he's, so you can make the argument that he's as good or better. Yeah. Oh, easily, hundred percent. You can put him right up there. I'll I'll pull up his. Um, I I kind of want to do that comparison real quick. Yeah. I wonder what. It All would right. Be. Well, you do that. I'm just gonna read you. Uh, I'm on the NHL homepage, yeah. and they have their like headlines section. Yeah. These are the headlines for today. It's talking about last night. Number one, Ovechkin passes Gartner for seventh in goals. Fair. Makes sense. Fair. You know, big achievement. Stutzla boosts Senators past Canadians. Yeah. Sure. Fair. Rookie. Get it. Spezza gets hat trick and Maple Leafs win. Last well, just catering to the Leafs fans. Yeah. And your Sens fans. Uh, Avalanche have four more games postponed. Sure. Coyotes Blues game moved to next to that sounds wrong grammatically. Sabres coach Kruger positive for COVID 19. Petrangelo DeBoer unsure for Vegas game. Wine scores in Blue Jackets win. So no mention. Of Jonathan Huberto throwing the team on his back. Ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. I mean, yeah. It, it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me how you can just like miss like just straight up miss that. Like yeah. I like he had a five point night. Yeah. Like, I don't know. But regardless, I've got their two elite prospects up here. Like all right, here we go. There's the, the season by season. All right, we got the side-by-side comparison from Jacob Barker. I'll start before, in seven. I'll start before, in seventeen eighteen. Before you make your analysis, it should be noted the drastic cap difference between the two. Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Keeping that in mind, because you know you're, you're you know you're our cap guru. Five point nine million dollars compared to ten point nine. This is a five million dollar pay difference. All okay. right. So, what does five million dollar difference get you in the NHL? Let's I'll do the out. last four years because that's when Marner was consistently established in the league, and that is when Huber- Huberto had the one season that he uh, that he only played thirty one games. So then, starting in seventeen eighteen, that is when they were both playing consistent. Here, seventeen eighteen, Jonathan Huberto, six twenty seven goals, sixty nine points in eighty two games. Nice, Mitch Marner. 22 goals, 69, ga- 69 points in 82 games. So identical, except yeah. Huberto had more goals. Sniper. Next year, they both played 82 games again. Marner had 94 points and 26 goals. Huberto had 30 goals, 92 points. So a two-point difference between yeah. the two. 
Huberto was also at minus 14 compared to Marner's plus 22. So that's a lot of team stuff as well. Garbage stuff. Yeah. Set so then last year, Mitch Marner played 10 less games. Okay, so he had 59 games played. He had 16 goals, 67 points. Florida. So yeah, okay. Huberto, 69 games played, 78 points, 23 goals. So comparable point per games there. But yeah, very comparable as well. This year, Marner has 17 points in 11 yeah, games. He's been and six goals, which is a fantastic year, but Huberto has 12 points in seven games. So it's again, it's a similar, similar point per game. We are talking a very comparable player here to Mitch Marner on a very much worse team with five million dollars less cap hit. Yeah. That's and, like for, and, and for no one people. and no one cares about him. Yeah. No, everyone's ready to just uh like let everyone knows in the world that Marner is this god. And he's doing fantastic. But Jonathan Huberto has been doing just as much, if not better. Yeah. But yeah, on a worse team. Yeah, I would I would hope he would make a, a Canadian Olympic team. I don't see why not, especially as a natural left winger. I don't see why not. Yeah. What if you stuck both of them on a line with like McDavid? Oh, I would love to see McDavid with Mark Stone. Mm-hmm. Because I think the big thing, like watching McDavid and you watch the guys that succeed playing next to him, right? Because there's been a lot of guys just rotating through on his wings over mm-hmm. the years. And, like, the guys that have, like – the success comes from guys who like, can go and, like, get the puck and get it to McDavid, right? And that's, mm-hmm. like, what Mark Stone does. He goes, he steals pucks, right, keeps plays alive. Like, I think a guy like that who's very defensively conscious too, like, I think that's a perfect fit. Yeah, I mean, I had Mark Stone on on that first line. Here, I've got him with McDavid and McKinnon as my first line there. And I look at that, I'm like, man, when I look at what Mark Stone does for you, like yeah. his ability to get the puck to two disgusting play drivers who can do, like, whatever they want, essentially, like, that is unreal. That is an amazing first line. And then, oh, like, if you manage somehow to stop that, like, here's Sidney Crosby, Brad Marchand, and Matt Barzell on the next line like like it, the depth on this team is so crazy but then at that point like I, I would slot in i think it'd be fun to see huberto slot in on a line with john Tavares and mitch marner i okay. think that could be a fun one Tavares centering the two the two speedy guys that we just compared like that could be a fun yeah. one there i'd love to see him on a line with like a like a mark shifley i've got shifley like one spot down here with o'reilly and stamkos but that could yeah. also like you could slot in Huberto there, drop O'Reilly down the lineup, put point, put Braden Point up with Tavares and Marner. Like that would also be an option. Oh, Braden Point, so good. Yeah. So there's lots of options here for these guys. But yeah, I think Huber- Huberto and Shifley would be a fun little pair in there too. Well, Shifley's like he's good center, but then he's and he's got a really nice shot too. Like Huberto's more more playmaker than goal scorer, I think. Mm-hmm. And so I think you know, if you can get the puck to Shifley, like I think they'd read off each other well. And you toss toss Stamkos on that line, and you're you're chilling like big bomb, bomb yeah. down the wing. Yeah, I mean, like, there's no real like wrong way to do it when it comes to Team Canada. Like, you're gonna have a great team no matter what. Oh, there's there's at least like five or six guys that I didn't even mention that could all slot into this lineup wherever. Like, yeah, it's it's not hard. Yeah, Team like, Canada is a very easy team. You can't really be wrong unless you have like guys like Crosby or McDavid or something off. Yeah, actually, when I when I was in grade eight i actually wrote a letter 
to Hockey Canada to protest them not including Taylor Hall on the Olympic team. No way. Yeah. And I wrote my, like, school, like, final paper on, like, the Taylor Hall mistake. And it was, like, putting him on the team over, like, Patty Marlowe, I think, was the the argument. There's That's a case. You got, you got a case for that. Like, oh, Marlo- I, I, I yeah. made my case. <laughs> I... <laughs> And did I assume Hockey Canada, in their very understanding ways, responded immediately? No, he was left off the team. <laughs> uh, Hockey Canada is so forgiving in that case, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. They would cater to the individual fans, including the great eight Justin Bedford. Yeah, I don't I don't really know like what my like thought process was on that, that like they'd made this big decision and that like a letter from me, you know, outlining like certain attributes was gonna change that, but That'd be funny. You know, it, it is what it is. I mean, Taylor Hall, I mean, he's living lavish right now in Buffalo. Oh, what a destination, too, for him. We're yeah. back on the Buffalo hate already. I love it. <laughs> we've, been trying, we've been trying to, like, sprinkle some in every episode. You know, oh, just, dude. like, but it's not our fault that they're paying Jeff Skinner, like, $9 million for one point. That's on them. If yeah. We point, if we point it out, that's not making fun of the Sabres. Exactly. I mean, it's like, just, hey, like, people make fun of them, too. Like, Bobrovsky's got a lot of term left. Like, I get it. Like, you can make fun of that. Oh, as well. yeah. But at the same time, like, Jeff Skinner was paid $7.5 million in signing bonuses this year to play on your fourth line. Yeah. Like, $7.5 million right into his account, and he currently has one point in 10 games. I, like that's, I think that's hard to do to only have one point at this point. Yeah, honestly, like, but I was just roasting Dadnoff. Dadnoff still got three. Yeah, in eleven games, and he's been like barely noticeable. How many? How many points does Derek Stepan have so far? I don't know, ten, twenty. <laughs> if Derek Stepan has more points than Jeff Skinner, that is a problem in itself. Um. Derek Stefan, three points, 10 games. Yeah. Minus, minus seven. <laughs> I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. So many, so many guys, this organization, whatever. That's fine. That's fine. I'm not over it, but it's fine. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's going to be fine. Yeah. No, no it's fantastic. Yeah, no, it's, it's the Senators here for sure. Well, we're only 12 points off of first. Yeah, it's, and it's early. It is early. Like, if we go – we lost nine straight, but if we win nine straight, we're pretty much back in it. And we play yeah. the Habs again tomorrow. Like, it's another win, nice and easy. And then I think we're back against the Oilers. I, that might not be an easy win. <laughs> it, man, I swear the Oilers would be much more beatable if their two players were not just so unbelievably better than everyone else <laughs> that we have on their team. Well, I think what it is is like the way it's because the way Edmonton plays is like basically like oh we're just gonna let McDavid and Drysaddle like outscore our mistakes, right? But that really yeah. only works against like Ottawa because like they'll just go on a tear and then like Edmonton just throws like some like random guy in net and it's like just allow less than eight <laughs> and we're golden. Hey, Stuart Stuart Skinner was good, man. Kinda like. <laughs> You know, like, I think, like, first NHL game, obviously, like, nerves got to be high. Yeah. And, like, a weird way to get, like, your, your first NHL start, 
you, you only knew like the day before you were getting in, thought it was going to be gross Nick that goes in. And like you're playing in an arena with no fans and you're going up against a powerhouse. Like it's not easy. Yeah, you see, yeah, you see Brady Kachop line up against you and you're like, oh man, we're in trouble for this one here. Oh, Brady. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I won't lie to you. Like low key, like sends are kind of nice. Like they're like I tweeted, man. They're low key nice with it. Low key. <laughs> like I was like I was like thinking about it the other day and I was like because I was watching the sense because I had to not because I wanted to. Of course, it's what normal people do. Not sickos like myself. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, I was thinking about it. Like I'm a big Tim Stutzla fan, and I've been on that hype train for a while. And like I love Brady Kachuk too, and he's like, you know, he's, he's tons of fun. Seems like a good guy, very entertaining. And then I was like thinking about, it, I was like, am I like low key a Sens fan? <laughs> I was like, are the Sens one of my favorite teams? Like now that they have like better jerseys and like, I think so, man. and some fun players. I was like, am I a Sens fan? And then I watched them play, and I was like, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> oh man, they yeah, DJ Smith just knows how to take a fun situation and make it just awful all the time. Like I look and like this is the thing. Like talking about this with my buddy Dan here, shout out Dan McCauley. Talking, talking, talking to Dan McCauley. We're, we're talking and we're like, DJ Smith has probably the easiest job in the NHL right now in terms of like, in terms of like expectations, like Ottawa, Ottawa fans do not care if we lose. I was like, it's quite obvious. Well, I was under the impression that this year you guys were going for it. No, no, no. Under, Isn't that what no. Melnick said a few years Mel, ago? Melnick did say that 2021 through 2025 was Five hard. years of unprecedented success. Un, unparalleled success, but he didn't – the thing is he didn't specify whether it was positive or negative. So it's five years of – it could be negative unparalleled success. Like no team has ever been this worse, like this bad. Yeah, which is it's confusing. Yeah, that's he's, – he's got loopholes. He's got it. But – um. Yeah, no, I was talking, like, the expectations are so low of this team. The Sens fan base does not care if we lose as long as you are developing the young players and letting them do whatever. Like, when we see it's, like, the complaints were always, like, like when we lost, it wasn't because of young mistakes. It's Derek Stepan tossing the, gla- tossing the puck over the glass against Winnipeg with four and a half minutes left. It's, like, Eric that play. Turning the puck over every time he touches it. <clears throat> it's um, who was it? Mike Riley not being competent enough to hold off anyone on, on the team. I guess it's guys that like I like serve no like long term purpose in this organization making the mistakes. It's not like it, yeah, like if it's young mistakes. If Brandstrom goes out, it's like if we get Brandstrom, Logan Brown, Formanton, like all these guys, we get them in the lineup and we're playing them and we still lose. Like, whatever. Like, it's a development year. We let them learn. We let them grow. And I know that, like, Sens fan base would not care. Yeah. Like, and I get, like, you know, when you're a young rebuilding team, like the the Panthers have, you know, kind of been the last, you know, few years, you know, early 2010s. Like, you want to bring your young players along, and you obviously need those veteran players to to help guide them. Like, mm-hmm. that, like it's important, but you need to have, like, the right vets. We, right. we need competent veterans. Yeah, like you can't just have a guy who's been in the league for a while and isn't good around all these rookies. Like you want to have – because you want – you want to – like you want to still be competitive as a team. 
mm-hmm. right? Like you don't want your young players coming into an environment where like you're still losing all the time, right? Like we saw that with like Edmonton before, you know, McDavid came along where they'd have Taylor Hall and Nugent Hopkins and, and Eberle and all these guys, but the team was just losing all the time. And that culture just keeps mm-hmm. cycling through where like you can't build the winning culture while you're losing all the time. Mm-hmm. And like you look at the guys that like like the games that we've won, we've been able to get big performances out of our young guys, and that's basically what's happened. Like Nick Paul had a great game one. Yeah, I mean, I guess Nick Paul's not twenty five, <clears> but still, like he, I still consider him to be one of the younger guys and one of the more inexperienced guys on this team. And he looks like, and even last game, like Shabbat Stutzla, huge nights. Like like guys, it, it's basically. We have a bunch of vets in the lineup, but if, if we're going to win, we need our young guys to win it for us. It's not like the veterans that are teaching a winning culture. It's not the veterans that are like cultivating this at all. It, it's the young guys saying, wow, we need to do way more than we should have here. And if they don't perform, we lose, which is fine if we have lots of them in and they're learning and they're doing all that stuff, but they're barely playing half the time. Like Stutzla barely touched the ice for, like I consider barely, he played like 11 minutes for a while. But, like, he, he wasn't playing tons. And then, like, we're letting these big guys, like, I'm sorry, in a cloud, in a crowded, like, center battle, Derek Stepan, no, not not going to fly for me. Fourth, like, third or fourth line, like, if I if I look at the fourth line and I saw, like, when I see Stepan, uh, Paquette slash Galchenyuk, I'd rather Galchenyuk be in there, but I'd accept Paquette in a fourth line role. Uh, and then Austin Watson, again, not a huge fan, but like, if that's our fourth line and they're playing less than 10 minutes a night, perfect. So be it. That's fine. That's older guys. They got some veteran experience. They've got that. That's fine. But like when Derek Stepan's out for every penalty kill, he's on the first power play unit. He's playing, he's centering these lines. Like he, he centered Stutzel yesterday, like for no reason, like for like a period. And then we moved him off. Like, it, it doesn't make much sense to me to be having a guy like him playing such a crucial role because like, he's like, he's straight up just not as good as the other guys. So it's like, what, like what experience is he bringing? Like not, not much. He's just teaching other guys to just step up and take a bigger role. Yeah. Like it seems like the, the rookies aren't the issue. It's like the vets. Mm-hmm. And like the thing that sucks is that this would have been like a really great off season to try and bring in some veterans that can have a positive impact because there were so many guys that went below market value. Mm-hmm. Right. Not even like just vet- veteran guys. Like there are a lot of good players that went below market, like below market value and were available late into the off season. Oh, hundred percent. Like even I looked at a guy, like when we had dad and I was excited about that. That's like, that's a piece that I consider to be a good ad. Like an, he's not old, but he's an older player. Have some has some experience in the league and and should provide some high end skill as well, like that could be a good guy in that case. But then we go in late and I don't know even I don't even know why we chose to bail out Tampa Bay from that cap disaster by taking Braden Coburn and Cedric Paquette off of them like that was that in itself was was weird. But like yeah. if you were to try, if your goal is to try and help teams relieve cap, like could you have like not done something to get Nate Schmidt from Vegas? Mm-hmm. Like right, competent players, like so, like good good players that can actually like not only bring some veteran leadership, but actually like bring some top end experience. Like let's and let, like let's actually play. Like let's actually try to get some wins here. But 
the other thing too for us is like it's not getting any easier like the the thing is like we we don't have any bailout games this year like i'm sure florida fans remember from like when you're going through the the rebuild like usually you're still going to play some teams in similar spots to you during a normal season well you're yeah gonna play some teams you're gonna play some bad teams like yeah even if you're ottawa like you'd expect to play detroit a bunch of times a year right mm-hmm. now you're in a spot where like there is no detroit uh it's- well there is in the panthers division thank goodness but like there's it's six teams that are ready to win plus ottawa like it's it's not gonna get any easier like they've got to figure it out and that's something that they should have realized going into this year like you're not going to be able like is are those vet guys going to be able to get us a couple wins against like detroit la chicago like yeah probably at least at a similar level but not not against constant like what are they going to do against the oilers we play them twice again next week back to back we got a back to back back to back it's going to be a fun one. That'll be great. But yeah, no, points I, I, night. It's point at night for McDavid and Drysdale. Fantasy owners, make sure you got them in your active. It was, lineup. it sucked. Like, I had McDavid in fantasy, who I acquired from you via trade, uh, which was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I got wow. Jamie Bennett and Tyler Sagan, though. So I think you got Roman Yossi, too. Yeah. I, I don't think I have any of them on my team anymore. I'm pretty sure it was – I think the trade of the time is like a couple of years ago. I think it was – I gave you very nicely. This was right after the Dallas Stars owner or uh, president was like, Sagan, I bet him in shit. And immediately I was like, I got to trade these guys. And at the I time – uh, Full disclaimer for all the viewers, I did not realize that this was a keeper league for everyone so i <laughs> losing by a lot so i was like screw it i will give justin mcdavid for a ridiculously low price of jamie ben and tyler sagan and, and now roman, and roman yossi <laughs> and i got back mcdavid panarin and ryan ellis yeah that yeah that if if i had known <clears throat> that, that was a keeper league that's probably not <clears throat> gonna happen but eh, whatever well yeah. we should we should talk after the show maybe make another trade oh perfect yeah i'm interested in mcdavid Oh, I'm interested in keeping them. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, points nights for those guys. Oh, yeah, big time. Big uh, time. Yeah, but I, like, I had McDavid last week in fantasy, and obviously, you know, huge games against Ottawa. But uh, the guy I was playing, had, had like I was playing Sully, who has Dreisaitl. Oh, yeah. Well, what are you, yeah, you going to do about that? So that was just – it just canceled that. It made no difference. I, Actually, know, no, the difference maker was I had Tyson Berry. Oh, that's a, big, that's a big deal, actually. Low-key been nice with it the last three games. He's always nice with it, man. Yeah. I got him off waivers, too. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, Actually, I guess that makes sense. Brody dropped him, so... That's not too bad. Not too bad there. But... Yeah, it's going to be fun. Hopefully, your centers can catch some wins coming oh, up here. We shall see. You know, get out of this early hole, work themselves back into a playoff spot. And oh. yeah, yeah, I mean, only way to go is up, right? Yeah, I mean, we're only we're only hey, we're only seven points behind the the Oilers with a game in hand right now for the last playoff spot. So, like, you know, that series is going to come down to a lot. We we grab a couple wins against the Oilers, game on. Yeah, in the mix, oh, uh, yeah. you know, and then hopefully, you know, our Panthers can stay hot, keep Maybe. cooking. Big game Maybe. against Nashville tonight. 
Oh, huge game for him. You know, you got it. You've got to get that one out of the like you know a team like five hundred like Nashville. You know they're you got to take advantage of these wins, right? You got to take yeah. advantage of these opportunities. You should. Like, I'm thinking Panthers should be fine here. You know, like yeah, the Lightning and Blue Jackets are looking good, but I, I'd like to see them kind of hold on to that two to that three spot. Line A had a great night last night. You know, it's always going to be a challenge, but yeah, like we talked like with this like schedule and like that like the. Uh, the Panthers division specifically, like realistically, like it's, it's a very easy division where it's like for the Panthers, like the games against like Detroit, like in Chicago, like you should just win those. Mm-hmm. The games against like Tampa might lose those. It really just comes down to beating like Nashville and like Columbus. Mm-hmm. Carolina too. We've been the mix there. Yeah. I think Carolina's like still, I, I would put Carolina's a tier above the Panthers. Like in terms yeah. of their, you know, where I think they'll be at the end of the season, but like, real, like to, to squeeze into a playoff spot, you just have to win the majority of your games, basically. Verse, mm-hmm. like it's a tight race, though, man. Like you guys, it's are, gonna be tight. Yeah, like what is it? Yeah, like three or one through seven in that division are all separated by three points. Mind, there's a bunch of like different games and hands and stuff like that, but still, it's not not a lot of wiggle room here. You got to take advantage of these wins. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a mess with all the like all the divisions where there's been games delayed and little ways just keep coming. It oh, yeah. seems. Oh yeah, for sure. It's it, like it, like quite literally, like by the end of the season, like it might just be the North Division left, and everyone honestly, else will still have like thirty games left to play. Yeah, honestly, we'll be fine. Like that's cool. We'll just do a North Division Stanley Cup. I say keep every team. Then at that point, Sens will play the Leafs. We'll take it. Well, we well I, 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 yeah, I think, and then you put the Habs are number one. You give them a bye to the second round. Yeah, and then when Ottawa beats the beats the Leafs in the two seven game, then we'll, <clears> we'll <throat> end up running the table. Sens are going to be the first team ever to win less than ten regular season games and then make it to the conference final. Wow, bold, Fantastic. bold predictions from Jacob Barker. No surprise. Um. Uh, Man, I think that's uh, I think it's all the time we got for today. Oh, uh, we didn't have time to bring Jared Shea on. Unfortunately, not Jared Shea. I think he's ducking my calls. Oh man! Actually, actually, no. He actually probably could have come on when I texted you to come on. I accidentally sent it to Jared first, <laughs> so I could. <laughs> so he could have showed up, but oh, he should have. Unfortunately, we ran out of time for him today, uh, which is unfortunate. Hopefully, we can get him on. It's been over a year since we've had him on, so. Gotta get him on. Gotta get him on here. We gotta talk some Maple Leafs. Yeah, gotta talk some. I know. I know our all, all listeners are clamoring for some Leafs talk mm-hmm. instead of just Panthers talk and Sens talk and chirping the Sabers. Like, because you know that the the NHL doesn't push Leafs talk out enough. You know, like I want to hear a little bit more about them. Yeah, the you don't hear a ton about them, so it's nice to you know talk about them and. Some some publicity for sure. Oh, for sure, yeah. That's so cool. hopefully we can get him on and do more of that. Uh, but thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate you stepping in here with Noah not being able to make it. Oh no worries at all. It's my uh, pleasure. Yeah, it's it's actually it's nice to do one of these without without him for once. You know, oh. relaxing, nice nice change up. Oh, it's all good. I appreciate it. Yeah, always a pleasure having you on. 
Uh, thank you to everyone else uh, listening to the show. We appreciate all the support, and we'll be back next Thursday with a brand new episode. And so take care, and we'll see you then.